morning. Uh, would y'all like to hear about the I am essential another time? Well, uh, they all said amen. So we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. We're in the word this morning on a crisp January day. Aren't y'all glad the snow plows didn't have to come through your street this morning? Aren't y'all glad that? Aren't y'all glad? I mean, just uh, and and just the cold front that came through a couple of weeks ago made me so grateful and thankful. I called my mother, said, I'm in the southern tier of states. There's nowhere else to go. Florida. I'm not going to Florida. It's good to be where God's got you, wherever that is. But if you're one of them Michiganers or the Wisconsinians or them uh, Minnesotans, you know, first of all, don't ask us to pray for you. You'll suck us dry. That's, that's what we think. Hallelujah. I am essential. What we're doing, what we're doing, we're going through a progression. As the Holy Ghost just leads, I'll quit any week, he says. I, I'm done every time. But he doesn't, so we just go. But what we're on, we're on a track. We're on a track. Why would you want to leave a track that's going to tell you how to get yourself healed every time sickness comes? That's what we're on. We're on a track. I'm not promising you anything, but I'm telling you it's going to be available. You're going to know so much who you are. The sickness is going to be afraid of you. Because your testimony is just going to blow it up. So that's where we're going. We're talking about the I am essential. Who am I? Who am I? What happened at the new birth? Well, that was a long time ago. I'm I'm uh, 60 something years away from my new birth. I was eight years old, I think. And uh, wow, I don't even know what happened until I get in the word of God. I don't even know what happened. And you don't either. I said, you don't either. You're clueless unless the word of God tells you what happened. But when the word of God tells you what happened, you absolutely know what happened. And that's what happened. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't feel it. Well, it's not that. Well, I, I, it, didn't, it didn't match what I expected. It's not that. It's what the word says happened. The father, the heavenly father has so invested in us that we are amazing. Well, what would we expect from our heavenly father? That we'd be mediocre, routine, regular, ordinary? No. We're special. We're representing him. The Bible says we're ambassadors. You don't send your gimpy man to the foreign country and say, represent the nation that you came from. You send your best man, your best woman. And that's who we are. Praise God. It says in chapter 13 of Matthew, let's go to verse 44. Hallelujah. We read this a couple of weeks ago. Again, again, the kingdom of heaven is like or as unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found hath found the treasure. He hideth and for joy thereof over the treasure, for joy thereof, thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath. Say that with me. All that he hath. The Lord Jesus, like, like Barry said this morning, he's teaching on multiple levels. 
You can just dig this thing out. The word of God, it's forever. For Joyce, therefore, goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Buyeth that field. Wow. Again, the kingdom of heaven, you didn't get it, you're dumb as a rock. Well, we'll explain it another way. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. I hope you've been meditating that since two weeks ago. I meditated all the time. The Lord gave me that scripture six something years ago. And at that point, it, it means so much more. But he, he, he told me about Deborah Ann because I was in the valley of decision. You know, what to do with my life. And it was all of that. Well, he fixed it. The Lord loves to fix your stuff. And if you ask him, Lord, will you fix my stuff? He says, I got this. Thought you'd never ask. Thought you'd never ask. But he did. So in verse 44, it says, uh, uh, what does it say? He was overjoyed and sold all. Let me read it to you in the Passion. Passion's a little different. Heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. Well, I'm paying attention right now. Heaven's kingdom can be illustrated like this. I'm paying attention. I, I don't have any experience with heaven's kingdom. So when the Lord Jesus says, let me tell you about it, the storyteller or the, the informer or the, the scholar has said, I will show you what you don't know. And I, for one, am interested. I want to know how is the kingdom of heaven? Tell me how it is, Lord Jesus. And so he says, I will. He said, a person discovered there was a hidden treasure in a field. Upon finding it, he hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. Are y'all are hearing this? In other words, he ascribed great value to the treasure. Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one, every, when he discovered one, every precious and exquisite pearl, when he discovered one, very, typo, excuse me, very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave all that he had in exchange for it. Well, it's talking about the gospel. It's talking about the, the Lord Jesus. It's talking about giving your life. All that you have, don't hold back. Give it for the Lord Jesus. He's the treasure that's worth selling all that you have and all that you could ever acquire and buying that field, buying that part of the kingdom because the treasure in it is so, so worthy. He's telling us how it is in the simplest of terms. And so he says, because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all. So the question is always, are you selling all? Are you holding back saying, I don't think anybody will get that. I think it'll be okay. I'll come and go get it. 
whenever I get ready, I'll go dip into that and get saved and or dip into that and go to heaven. I can play in the world. I cannot have to buy, spend all my money to buy that field. I'll play over here and live over here. And then suddenly it's too late. A lot of men don't get their plan of dying on their deathbed and saying, I, I receive Jesus. And of course, you know, once you've said no to Jesus over your lifetime, there's a mechanism in you that might not can say yes. We do that with a lot of things. Well, I'm going to go to church someday. Well, when is that? Well, someday. But every day is just another day before someday. So he was overjoyed and he sold all. I want to report to you this morning that I am in the process, the continual process of being overjoyed and selling all. I want the kingdom of heaven. I want the treasure. I want it. It's everything to me. Specifically, uh, when I've been over the years, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the timeline of the last 40 years, uh, first, the first 40 years, getting the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues, lots and lots of pressure was put on people to back off and be normal and just be regular. And don't make such a big deal about it because it's not like it was a slot machine that paid and it wasn't like it was a, a crown that, that endowed you with great royalty. It was just the Holy Ghost. But I'd spent all my life before that not having the fullness of the Holy Ghost. And once I had tasted that, I, I could never renege on it. I could never say, I'll just take a dab of that. I wanted all of it at whatever cost. And that was always, that's why I'm very overt with the Holy Ghost now. We speak in tongues every chance we get. We're very Pentecostal. And you go, well, how come? Well, it, because, because he, because he. It may be you're all the same temperature, but it's because of he wants that gift, that treasure more than anything. Let's turn to Acts chapter 8. If you can, I want to go through some treasures and see if you're, if you're selling all that you have for each of these, one of these treasures. Matthew chapter 8, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 8, excuse me. Acts chapter 8, that's a good chapter. Acts chapter 8 is. It says in chapter 8, verse 27. Let's see, something's wrong. Oh, there it is. That was chapter 7, excuse me. Chapter 8, verse 27. Okay, here's a little story. It says, he arose and went. Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority. Wow. Under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. May have been the top guy. He was in the chariot who had the charge of all her treasure. Oh my, this story just gets big. And had come to Jerusalem for to worship. So he was a Jew. Was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Let's go down to verse 35 for time. You know the story. And he said, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached to, unto him Jesus. This Jew heard about Jesus. He'd inquired. He said, what, who's Isaiah talking about? 
And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So something was very treasured right there to that eunuch. He's a man of great power. It wasn't like this was going to go down lightly. He was going to tell everybody. And he was a Jew, which is not really that popular with Jews is to be a, become a Christian. But, but the eunuch said, I, I'm forsaking all. My position is rare. My position is pivotal. My position is, is not easily acquired. Yet, there's a field with a treasure in it that I must sell all for. And it's the new birth. In chapter 19, would you turn to chapter 19 with me? Look in verse 2. Here's something. Here's something. And it says in verse 19, chapter 19, verse 2, he said, And he said to them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Y'all like this verse. And they said unto him, We've not even so much as heard there be any Holy Ghost. Uh, let's see where we are. And then verse six, he goes on there and he tells him. And verse six said, and when Paul had laid his hands upon him, the Holy Ghost came on them. Family, don't forget, that's how it works. You lay your hands on them and the Holy Ghost comes on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. That's how the Bible says it happens. Doesn't mean it has to happen that way, but it'll always happen if you do it that way. And it's precious. It's a treasure that's hid in the field. And once you find it, you go and sell all you have for that field. You don't say, well, would you, would you, would you take a dollar more for that field? Sure. Everybody might want some profit. You go, no, I wouldn't sell this. This is everything to me. This is the Holy Ghost. This is what I was created for. This is, this is my call. This is who I am. I can do nothing without him. Now that I've tapped into Holy Ghost, I, I'm weak. I'm unable. I'm in, unintelligible. I'm, I'm, I'm ignorant. I'm a fool without him. I must have him at all costs. I can't breathe without him. And so we get filled with the Holy Ghost. And once we do, we practice it and build it up and and do exploits with it. Mark chapter 12. Full of the Holy Ghost. We're full of the, 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 the new birth and the Holy Ghost. Mark chapter 12. Find it for me. In chapter 12, verse 42. We're talking about the field where you found your treasure that changed your life. Why are you here this morning? Because you found a treasure in a field and you went and sold all you had. Your reputation, your finances, your giftings, your talents, your abilities. You said, I, I surrendered it all. I have, I, have, I have none that I say, I have none aught that I have of my own. Whatever he wants, whatever he requires, whatever's necessary. That's who I am. There's no price that he could ask me. 
And, and I'd say, that's a little tough, Lord. I don't think we can do that. There's just none. You just have to go there. You have to go there in your mind. You have to go there in your, in your intent. You have to go there with your decisions where you just say, no, no, and no. I would not hold back. I wouldn't falter or flinch or flitter. I would give it. Chapter 12, verse 42 says, And there came a certain poor widow and threw in two mites, which make a farthing. Whatever in thunder that is. And he called unto his disciples and saith unto them, Verily, I say unto you that this poor widow, poor widow, hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in all of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. She found a treasure. She said giving. Lordship. She, it was lordship. It was, it was God is my God. God is my supply. I'm a poor widow. And I pour all of it in because there's plenty more where that came from. She had a revelation. She had a treasure. And she was, that day, she was selling all she had and saying, I want this. And I won't let it get away. Now, family, I'm telling you, there's more out there for us than what we've had. But we got to find the field that it's hid in. And we got to say, I'll, I'll sell all again. In uh, Luke chapter 8. Can y'all do a little Bible drill this morning? Luke chapter 8. It says in verse 2. Certain women. Certain women. So these weren't just some women. It was said certain women. So they all had names. They were particular and specific. Which had been healed of evil spirits. Healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Been healed of evil spirits. Does that sound scary to y'all? Well, yeah. How do you function with evil spirits working through your life? Not at the highest level. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. We don't need details, do we? That's enough. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Harris Stewart, and Susanna, and many others which ministered to him of their substance. If you look that up in the Greek, it means possessions and property and goods and wealth. It means these women, these certain women were so grateful that they'd all been set free. They didn't just say, I can get by on less. I've already got the healing. I've already got the deliverance. I've already got the, the setting free. So access is permission. I can do less, so I'll do less. That's not how the kingdom of heaven works. The kingdom of heaven is, is when you find the treasure. You go and buy the field where the treasure is and you, you sell all you have and buy the whole field so that you'll always have that treasure. It'll be locked up in your life. And so here she'd be delivered of devils. If you've ever been delivered of devils or if you should be delivered of devils, you will appreciate the treasure that's been hidden for you. Amen. Matthew chapter 15. You know I was cherry picking, so to speak. There's 
gazillions of scriptures that support each one of the treasures that we all hold dear. Matthew chapter 15, verse 26. <laughs> this one had lots of competitors, this scripture. I had lots of ways to go, but I've chose this one. He answered and said to the Syrophoenician woman, it is not meat or not right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. She'd ask for a daughter. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered, Jesus will answer you if you'll talk to him. If you'll be honest with the Lord, listen to me, if you'll be honest with the Lord and no flim flam. Well, Lord, I really wasn't thinking of that. Well, gosh, it could be that he knows what you're thinking. It could be that he, he knows that's a. <laughs> if you'll be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I don't get this. I don't like this. This isn't working for me. He'll straighten everything out. But he doesn't want you going off saying, I'm not going to ask. I, I'm, I'm too spiritual to ask. I'm not going to ask. So she, asked, she said, yea, Lord, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs from under the table. And he liked it. He liked it because it had faith in it. And if you'll bring faith to your conversation, no victim. Well, God, everybody gets it but me, and I don't have enough, and it's not right. It's not working. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're finished. That's not how it is. You come to him and saying, it's not been working, Lord. And so somewhere I'm making a mistake. Somewhere I'm not tapping in. Somewhere I've got something out of order. You know, you, the difference between dialing Tokyo and dialing Des Moines is just the order of the digits when you punch them in. It's the same numbers. And the order that we come to the Lord is important. And so Jesus said, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. That was a treasure that she contended for. She'd been put off by the master. She'd been put off by the final authority. There was no other authority. And she had got a conversation with him. How unusual would that be in that day? She was there, the man and her were together, and she presented her case succinctly and decisively. And that's what you do. You don't go to the Lord and, and start flim-flamming and start padding the paper, you know, like we did in college where, where it, you didn't know the answer, but you thought you might could snowball the professor. Yeah. <laughs> That hadn't happened since I went to school, I'm sure. But, you, but page one, page two, and page three, something in there is close. Would y'all have mercy? Well, she didn't do that. She said, I'm here. I don't know everything there is to know, but I know that I have a, I have a way. There's a path for me. And that's what you got to do. You got to tell the Lord, I'm not sure about everything. Don't just say, well, I'm a dumb as a stump. I'm dumb as a rock. You go in and say, Lord, I'm not sure. You get honest. You get honest and say, I'm not sure about everything. I, this sickness or this money thing or this relationship. But Lord, I want to know. I want to know. If you'll get honest, then he'll come back to you and say, great is your faith. 
Most people scatter. Most people are victims. Most people whine. Most people are failures. Most people carry on and say, uh, I wanted to be big, but I'm little. Well, he can't answer little. Because you can't handle it. You can't hold the answer if you're little. The answer is big. It's got to have a place to fit. And she, she made a place. She said, even the dogs. I'm, I'm not, but I am. It was the boldest case in the Bible. Nobody had ever asked for that. So unqualified and so not in line and so behind everybody. And she just said, I'm here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my best shot. Family, if we born again Christians, spirit filled, full of God, wall to wall and treetop tall, they say, if we would be honest with God and get bold with him, he's not a wimpy God. He's a fire from the loins up and a fire from the loins down. He can handle it. And just say, Lord, I don't get it. But I want to. He'll answer you. He'll answer you. He'll answer you in the next scripture you look at. He'll answer you in the next service that you're in. He'll answer you in a still small voice. He'll answer you with a friend coming by saying, well, you know, I was just thinking about this. And it's the answer. Where do y'all get your answers like that? He doesn't come through the wall and say, I'm here. He doesn't. He doesn't get them from a fleece. You can't go out there and do the fleece thing or the Urim and the Tumen. You can't do that anymore. You got to hear. You got to hear. It's not, well, if the door opens, I'll know. No, you won't. You won't know. You won't know, Jack. If the door opens or if the door closes, it has nothing, nothing, nothing to do with nothing. The door opened and so I knew it was God. No, you didn't unless the Lord said, if the door opens, I'll, it'll be me. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. So you, you can't go by physical things. He's not a physical realm God. He operates in the physical, but he doesn't communicate to us or he doesn't impart who, his fathership to us through the physical realm. We are spirit. And we communicate with him in the spirit. You're like, I'm going to call Des Moines and you get out your tin can with the string on it. And say, would you tighten up that string a little bit here? We, we got to make a long distance call. Like, that's not your best way to go. And yet we got, we got 10 cans all over the body of Christ with a string on them. Enough of that. Where am I? I'm in Matthew. Did I read it? Matthew 15, 26? Yes, I did. I did. So let's go to John 4. Dr. Smith's putting them on the board for you so you can, if you're not, if you're not a speed thumber with your Bible, you can just look up. John 4, verse 17. I didn't write these down, so I don't know what's coming up either. The woman answered and said, verse 17, I have no husband. Well, you know the story. I hope you do. Read it later if you don't. Jesus said to her, thou hast said, well, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. Verse 28. A lot of story there. We're going to skip. Verse 28. Because that's not the point. 
The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith unto the men, come see a man which told me all the things I ever did. Is this not the Christ? She found a treasure. She was looking for someone that could forgive her. Nobody was forgiving. But Jesus did. And it was everything to her. And if you've got things in your life that's not forgiven and you're carrying them, you're the most laden down and, 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 and fouled up person there is because we're not made to carry that junk. We're made to be set free. The truth sets you free. So come, come, come to reality with the truth that what you did was wrong, what you said was wrong, what you didn't do was wrong, but you can be set free by being honest and just saying, Lord, I did it. And I'm acknowledging it. It was against you, against your word. It was against the call of God. It was against my marriage. It was against my family. It was just against. It was, it was contrary to heaven. And I acknowledge that. And I come into agreement with heaven. I want the treasure back. I want your forgiveness. I want your restoration. I want to be restitutioned. And, and, and he says, well, just confess it. And I'm faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It, and that means, what that means is, as if it never happened. And so it's like, what's that worth? It's a treasure you would go and sell all you had and buy the field. You, you like, I got to have that. Well, I don't really need that, but I need this other. Uh, uh, John uh, chapter 8, we're right there, slip over to chapter 8. I'm scooting through this because I got more to say than just these, but you're going to get the point. You're going to get the point. We're going through forgiveness, the new birth, baptism, the Holy Spirit, being healed, being delivered, being set free. All these things are treasures. And which one, which one was precious to you? Well, it's the one that you needed. That's the one you were looking for. That's the one you were desperate for. And maybe somebody else was never desperate for that. Maybe seven devils weren't cast out of somebody else. But if it was you, wow. You'd never give that up. Chapter 8, verse uh, 10, uh, same story. Jesus had lifted up himself and went and saw none but the woman. He said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. What was that day worth to her? Her life was done. They were going to stone her. She, it actually was literally over. And so when he intervened, he gave her a whole lifetime back. And not just a lifetime of life that she escaped and got out of the city and they never did find her, but she could stay in the city forgiven. She was restored. She was, it was everything. Sell that field. Sell your life. Give your life out. Don't, don't say, well, now, now I want to be a barker in the carnival. That's not what we say after we've been delivered and, and got the treasure. We say, I surrender all. I, I, I've been forgiven much. Therefore, he loves me much. 
and we give it all. What, what are we holding back for? What are we saying? Well, that wasn't really that much of a treasure. Oh, well, then you didn't sell all you had to buy that field. You didn't buy, you didn't sell. You said, ah, this isn't all that good. I can get it somewhere else, another way, another day. I, I can have what I have, keep what I have, and, and still get good enough. And, and you're a fool. You're a fool. It, 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 these things are bought with a price. You're not your own. I'm not my own. I'm not my own. I take liberties at time, and they're sin. They're not right. And I know it, and he knows it, and we get it straightened out. When I act like I'm not bought with a price, when I act like I'm my own, I can make this decision. I don't have to have permission. But I want permission because I don't want to go down the wrong road. I don't, want to go, I don't want to start living a life that he doesn't like and that he can't support. And so I keep it straight because the best life you can have is the life that's sold out to him. You cannot have a better life. There's no option A or option B. That is the best life. So what have you, what treasure are you presently operating in in your life that you're so overjoyed that you would say, I'm selling my life and giving my life completely to the Lord Jesus. It might be different for different people at different times. Maybe all these people went through several treasures but it was always there that they could sell their life and, and say, not only did he save me, but he baptized me in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. And, and then blessed me, prospered me. I mean, I, I didn't deserve to have anything. But look, look, look. Money's everywhere. My needs are met. I'm giving. And... and you go, why? So you can buy two books and go to Coleman. Those people will never know him. Those people will never be able to do anything for him. But it's like, I had to buy the field. I had to buy the field because I've been set free. I had to go buy the field. And we've all had to buy the field. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Actually, this morning when I wrote on my card scriptures that I want for sound booth, I, did, I, I quit at the bottom. I didn't quit because I ran out of scriptures. I, quit at, I just quit at the bottom of the card. I realized when you, when you max out the card, you've gone too long. So, yeah. Well, it says in verse 13, let's read it together. We're going to read this verse. We read it all the time. Ready, read. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Say it together the last part. We also believe and therefore speak. We're one voice. We're one mind. We're coming together. We're putting apart things that we were all raised on different doctrine. We were all raised on different presumptions and different assumptions. We were all raised with different things that were accented and, and, uh, and made important that might not have been important. But we're all coming together and coming together in the same mind, in the same judgment. And we're speaking the same thing. I mean, you don't, you don't have to believe just like I believe. We're not asking you for that. <laughs> 
but believe the truth. And if it doesn't work out for you as truth, then, then change what you believe. Truth always prevails. And if what you're operating in, well, I, I want to believe what I want to believe. I don't want nobody telling me what to believe. Whoo. Just believe what he says to believe. It's truth. So the question is, the question is, because you're in a crowd, you're in a group, you can always just say, yeah, yeah, like, like uh, we shot the bear. You know that saying. Everybody wants to say, yeah, we, we, we won the game. We beat Tennessee. We beat Arkansas. We, we beat A&M. We, 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 we shot the bear. You know there's only one eye on the gun and only one finger on the trigger. We shot the bear. So uh, we're, we're endeavoring to speak the same thing. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of authority when you're willing to speak the same thing that we're not all disjointed. And we're not trying to believe weird stuff. We just want to believe the truth that says, I set you free. Amen. So what do you believe that you're willing to speak? That's the whole question. That's, that's the, what we're all doing. What am I believing that I'm willing to speak? Because you can stop. You can stop what you think you believe. There's a way you can stop and just say, I'm not going to say I'm healed, even though you believe you are. You just don't want to. You don't want to be accountable. You don't want, you don't want anybody to know. You don't want them setting a timetable on you. Well, how, how's that going? We, we, we just want lots of time. We want lots of liberty. Instead of saying, I better pony up. I better giddy up here. And and do what I believe, say what I believe, so I can create what I believe. That's the question we're all asking, because we all have challenges. Speak to me. We all have challenges. We do. You, you, we go from faith to faith. Well, that just means you go from having won to having to go win again. Isn't that what that means? And so we're all... Kenneth Copeland said many years ago, I never forgot, he said, you will always have to believe for finances because it's in the earth. And the earth is cursed. And so to, to, to get your part out, you're going to have to be a covenant man, a covenant woman, and you're going to have to use your faith. Well, I have found that's true. You, you don't get the thing started and it just pumps on its own. You got to crank on it all the time. He is so amazing. He is just so amazing. He is so patient with us. He is so long-suffering. And yet, he gives us his best stuff. You know that, that story about the wine saying most people put out the good stuff at first, and then when everybody's drunk, they bring out the poor stuff. He brings out the best stuff before we're even really able to assimilate it and work on it and everything, he brings out his best stuff and just says, watch this, it's going to get better. I'm telling you, you hadn't gotten, you hadn't seen what's yet to be seen. 
and you hadn't touched what all that he's got for you to touch. But if you'll stand fast in the liberty where he has made you free, you will see and touch it all and you will glorify me in your faith. I will be exalted in your faith, saith the Lord. Well, amen. Amen. Colossians chapter two, and we'll quit there. Well, maybe not quit. Maybe I'll run out of time there. That's what I meant to say. Colossians chapter two. So what are you willing to speak? What are you willing to believe? Well, what you're willing to believe is what you're willing to meditate. If you don't meditate on healing, it's not in you. Well, we, that's what we believe. My church, we believe that. That's not, that's not it. You have to turn from being an echo into a voice. Everybody can parrot or echo what they've heard. Okay, I heard that. I'm going to say that. But an echo is not a voice. You ought to be speaking to things with nobody around so that you can speak to people things when everybody's around. That's when you become a voice. The Lord wants to raise you up as a voice, not as an echo. Well, I read brother so-and-so, brother doodly-doo, and this is what he said. Well, you're an echo. And that's what you got to be until you can be a voice. You got to put it in. I went years just being an echo. I didn't know anything on my own. I just, I just listened and read and, and listened and read until one day I said something on my own. It had, it had gelled up. It had formed. It had coalesced. And I, I was a voice, not in everything, but a few things. And I started getting bold in what I would say. And I would have results because I was bold with what I said. I would get results. Well, there's nothing that'll put a log on your fire than having results. Once you get somebody healed or once you get healed, you're all about healing. Give me a place to talk. I'm going to tell you what I know. And I know this. And so that's what we're doing. We're all turning into voices. We're not just sitting here saying, well, when, when he gets through, he'll turn us loose and we can go home. That, if you're here for that, you're, you're not here for right. We're, we're only endeavoring to turn you into a voice so that you got something to say that people want to hear. So that you got something to say that'll change your life and then something that you got to say that'll change somebody else's life. This is serious business. This is brain surgery. But on the other hand, a child can do it. Didn't want to hurt your feelings there, but I'm just telling you in case you get exalted, I'm a brain surgeon. Well, just let me tell you, we got six-year-olds that can, can rewrite, rewrite and rewire and everything. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians. Colossians. Yes. Colossians. No. Colossians 1. I, I'm, I'm going to 2. I, I kind of did the switcheroo there. Even the mystery. Here's, here's, here's what we believe. We talked about this two weeks ago. We're going to say it again. Even the mystery which hath been hidden from ages and from generations. So that's talking about that treasure. That's hid in a field. 
It's hid in a field. And this treasure, the one he's fixing to tell us about, has all the treasures that we've been reading about. It's, it's, it's the box that's got everything. The, the treasure that he's telling us about here that's been hidden from us is the treasure that's got healing in it and got deliverance in it and got the new birth in it and got the Holy Ghost in it and, and got finances in it. It's, it's, it's whatever treasure do you need. What do you need? What is your hurt? What is your lack? What is your need? It's in the box. It's in the treasure. And what is that? He said in verse 26, been hid. Nobody could find it. Nobody could buy it because nobody could find it and hid from generations. But now is made manifest. It's revealed to the saints. Who are the saints? We're the saints. We are the saints. It's been revealed. How, how do you need it revealed? Any way you need it. He'll show it to you. Any way. Coming, going, leaving. He, he, he got it. To whom God would make known. God would make known the treasure, the mystery. What is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is, this is complicated. This is going to be intricate. This is going to be complex. This is God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You go, that's not a mystery. It is to everybody. They act like, well, we know that, but they don't act like we know that. We have been given all authority because Christ is in us. We've been given access because he's in us. We've been given dominion because he's in us. Well, Lord, we're just praying that you come down and help us. We know you're in control. And so we're just asking you to control things a little better because they're a little out of control down here. That's that's not how it is. We step out our door when, that, when James Spann says there's a squall line coming across Mississippi. We step out our door. And we say, this is how it is and it won't be different. And we speak to it. And then we go in and watch the radar and laugh. The thing broke up before it hit Columbus. And part of it went north and part of it went south. And yeah, it's just amazing. And we're not bragging. We're not bragging. We're not saying it's magic because it's not magic. You got to step out in faith. You can't just go out and say, as pastor says. That's not it. You got to be a voice. You can't just echo that. You may go, well, my stuff worked. Well, it could be that you were an echo, but the voice was speaking behind you. And so we got it done. So we don't want to go there. We don't want to go, well, I can do stuff. Then go do stuff. It's the Christ in us, the hope of glory. Every hope, everything that's pleasurable, everything that's powerful, everything that's wonderful to you is inside the treasure of Christ in me. He's in me. He's operating. Headquarters is right here. Headquarters is right here. Or it's in Jerusalem or no, it's in heaven or it's in the right hand or it's no, it's right here. We are a breath from dominating anything that comes over the hill. Devils telling angels what to do. I mean, we get in our car when we go anywhere and we, we speak to the angels and we say, clear a path before us. I hope you all do that. You, we, we, we tell the traffic what it's going to do. 
We sanctify our food. We tell our food, whatever happened in the kitchen or before changes when it goes to my mouth because we're having none of that. I've had food poisoning twice in my life. And I realized that I had been slack. Well, it's just a hot dog. That was the most evil piece of, of, of <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. But you got to get back on the horse and just ride it. you got to get on and just say, I'll take three of them hot dogs. And then I, I got food poisoning on shrimp one time. And it's like, I go back and order from the same outfit. Listen, listen, no scars. Go back to the same outfit and say, I dominate this. Well, we're not moving to Nevada because there's a storm that, that, that knocked a tree into our house. We, we're, we, we are not reacting to anything. We are reacting to everything and making it in our favor. Let's see. We got just a minute here in Colossians. In, uh, uh, so, so I said this two weeks ago that this is more than a good life. This is more than a better life. Okay, we're going to have a better life. That's like getting a better car. Well, we had a, we had a 2017 and we got us a 2021. So we have a better car and we have a better house and we have a better. No, this is not better. This is a complete renovation, a ripping out and a rebuilding from the inside out. He's in me. So Emmanuel is not our word anymore. God with us. He, he's not with us. He's in us. He was with us, but now he's in us. Now we don't, we, we don't run off people because they say Emmanuel. Or if they have three wise men around their thing at the manger and the wise men were supposed to be at the house. We, we don't ever even mention that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's an assigned life. This life you've got is assigned. It's, it's, it's assigned. It's like he, if you read the verses, if you read the word about how you were fearfully and wonderfully made and how he knew you before you were a thought to your mother and how he crafted you in your body and then crafted your personality and then crafted the gifts that are inside of you that make you this and make you that. And then crafted you into the generation you would be born. And the nation and in the state and to the parents that you would be born. You go, that's a lot of moving parts. It is. And so people just discount it and say, well, it's too many for God. Oh, my. Don't go there. And once you give him that, once you give the Lord that he did it that way and say, Lord, I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I am a specific entity that you specifically and uniquely planted into this generation. I am of the race and the gender and the, and the socioeconomic thing that you assigned me. You could have put me anywhere, but you put me here knowing that, that the treasure that I would find would take me anywhere. That you didn't start me there saying, stay there and don't move. But you started me anywhere knowing that it was the kingdom, the gospel, that could change everything. The new birth changes everything. So it doesn't matter if you were a poor child. 
Uh, it doesn't matter if you were, it doesn't matter your start and your story. Everything matters that you got born again and then you found out what happened at the new birth. And for some of us, we're just now finding what happened at the new birth. And we're almost full grown. It's like, why did we wait so long? Well, there's a lot of things and none of them are pretty. Tradition, stubbornness, pride. Those people, we don't like, we don't like tongues. We don't like, we don't like, we have an aversion. All the things that kept us from being open to the truth and saying, Holy Ghost, where do you want me to go to church? And Holy Ghost, who do you want me to be with? And Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. All these things hindered us because we just had to have a dog in the fight. Instead of saying, I'm bought with a price. What do I care? What, what, what's my agenda? The whole end of this is heaven. And I'm here bought with a price. I, I, I'm going to work for him. I'm a son who serves. I'm not a servant, but I'm a son who serves. So what do I care if it's in the fields or if it's in the house or if it's in the, what do I care? If he makes me a preacher, if he makes me a, a, a go into the nursery, if he, what, what do I care what my job is? My job is to serve him as he uniquely and specifically and made me. Oh, so I've been majoring on the minors. That could be most of the church. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm after you. What do you want me to do with my one and only life? What do you want me to do with my money? Look, all this money stacking up, Lord. Oh, I guess you want me just to keep it and hold on to it and give it to my kids. That's an old thought pattern that might not be in the kingdom realm. What do you want me to do with my voice? Or my guitar playing or my keyboarding or what do you want me to do with it? I always just cringe when parents, now this is, camera's not on right now, send their kids, their spirit-filled children off and take tuba for an instrument. Like, okay, how are we going to use that in the kingdom? This morning we have a special by so-and-so and he's going to play his tuba. In a, in a concert. Learn the keyboard. Learn the guitar. That's a, that's a side subject that we, we don't want to distract from. But the treasure is, okay, I, I am quitting right here. The treasure is, is I am complete in him. We didn't even get to the verse of that. That's in chapter two. Chapter two says, says, uh, and you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life. Chapter 2, verse 10. I messed this up right here, getting off on that. And, we, and ye are complete in him. Verse 10, 210, Colossians 210. And ye are complete in him. So let's first person that. And I am complete in him. That is the message. That is the message. I am complete in him. Well, you don't know my background. You don't know my parents. You don't know where I started. You don't know the abuse that I went through. You don't know the money situations. You don't know how they took advantage of I'm complete in him. If you don't have it all together, then you don't know who you are, that you're complete in him. Well, I'm little. I'm a victim. I'm a, I've been hurt and I need help and 
I don't know what to do. You are complete in him. Shut up and sit down. Because we have no whiners in the victory lane. Everybody in the victory lane had to get over their whiners, their whining and their excuses and their victimhood. Because we've all got stories. I'm telling you, that's my favorite line. We've all got stories and we don't want to hear yours because we got a good one. He's just done it. I'm complete in him. Hallelujah. I'm so, so glad. There's nothing left to be done. It is finished. He said it. I agree. It is finished. Well, God's not through with me yet. Yes, he is. You're not through with you yet, but he's through with you. He's done everything he's going to do. Well, I wish the Lord would heal me. He did. I wish the Lord would prosper me. He did. I wish the Lord would deliver me. He did. I wish the Lord would fill me with the Holy Ghost. He did. It's done. Amen. Are y'all happy this morning? I can't tell, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to believe I'm going to believe you. I didn't mean I didn't mean to get dramatic. Well, actually, I did. It's good to be stirred up, to be provoked. Lynn said this morning, he brought a verse out that's in Hebrews about if you're unwilling to be chastised, instructed, tutored, trained, then are ye illegitimate? You can't, you lose your sonship. You step out of the sonship line over into the servant line, the victim line. Well, we don't want to get out of line. So we say, Lord, correct me. You know how he'll correct you? Every time he'll correct you this way. This is the only way he corrects, with his word. He corrects with his word. Well, you can handle it. We can handle it. Amen. Well, let's stand up. Let's sing. Let's sing.